Hey, Adams, what's, what's going on? Uh, not a whole lot. I'm just sitting here being fat. <laughs> I thought I was the fat one here for a second. Well, I that's see why we're like brothers. Well, kind of, but with different mother. I, I'm going to let all that go at this point. I see you brought somebody with you today. Yeah, he's not fat. No, he's not. This guy <laughs> is lean as shit. I mean, well, okay, shit's not lean. But anyway, who did you bring with you here? This gentleman here is T.C. Morgan, and he's Hi. a funny motherfucker. Hi, funny motherfucker. Hello, gentlemen. How's it, it going? It is going great and on I- this episode of Graphic Content. Stay a while and listen. He called you a cowboy. What in Sam Hill? What did he mean? What are you? I'm the abomination. The strongest mutant of all. Know this, swimming bird. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've caught me doing. This blue eye perceives all things conjoined. I cared much for the word impregnable. The past. Sounds a bit too much like unsinkable. The future. What's wrong with unsinkable? Nothing. And the present. As the iceberg said to the Titanic. How's life? He seems nice. And we're back with episode 32 of the Graphic Content Podcast. My name is Jim Mason. I'm alongside my regular partner in crime. Adam Messinger. And Adam brought a friend in by the name of... T.C. Morgan. Mr. Morgan, thank you for joining us in the high-tech graphic content studio. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you. They let you guys do 32 of these? 32. Wow. Somebody in the FCC should be... uh... Told well, about something. Well, you know, it's the, the whole, internet. It is the internet. Net neutrality is still the law of the land until our, our beloved hair, uh, hair Fuhrer, Mr. 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 Dictator, what do we call him? Oh, Mr. President. Oh, is that it, what? Until he starts regulating the internet, they can't do shit to us here. You know, um, he's on my Twitter account, so after this airs, this is probably done for all of us, by the yeah. way. God damn it, that guy has too much free time on his hands. For a president. But all politics aside here at this point, Adam, you're the one who called the play for this episode. Tell us what we're talking about today. So I wanted to talk about the worst comic book movies. And (laughs) a couple episodes, I yelled at our guest who had us watch (laughs) this shitty animated movie. And now I get to yell at myself. Yeah. Because I can go fuck myself for making myself watch a horrible movie the other day. Yeah. Just so I could talk about it on here. And I made my myself miserable and I should punch myself in the face. But you know what? That that's that's professionalism on your part. The fact that you can watch a shitty movie that you paid money for and say this was a shitty movie and I wish I didn't pay money for it, might save somebody else twenty bucks down the road. Gosh, I I hope so. I hope I sacrificed my twenty bucks was like money, Jesus. No, (laughs) it sacrificed itself to save everybody else twenty bucks. We are we are we are like lemmings. It's not going (laughs) to happen. There are several other idiots out there that are going to go see these movies. I'll tell you what, though the the one thing, just flashing back to Batman Harley Quinn, which is um, featured on episode thirty, is the best part of that was in the special features where they had the bit on Gotham by Gaslight, the adaptation for that. No shit. Honest to God, that that looks fantastic. Like they get it. 
on that one. And I know you're not the biggest Mignola fan, but um, it is definitely, while it's not in that Mignola art style, it's evocative of the work that he did okay. in that story. Well, it's very dirty Jack the Ripper, Victorian era Gotham City, good. and looks really cool. So. Yeah, no, I would love to see as long as they can figure out what the fuck they're doing as far as like the making the animation look like the comic. At least taking inspiration from that, I love when they do that. Yeah, so there is that. But you know, we're here to talk about stuff from our recent, maybe oh, not God. so recent past. Look, we are we live in this golden age of cinema right now where. By and large, I won't say every comic book golden movie is age? good. I'd say it's a new golden age. Uh, diamond age, I think Neil uh, Stevenson, the science fiction author, called what we're moving into as the diamond age. Okay. Um, but we, we live in this, this hallowed time right now where, by and large, the majority of, of genre fare, whether it is superhero like uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies or the recent Wonder Woman film, which... I think redeemed much of the DC universe, DC extended Shit, universe yeah. films. Trying. Trying to. I well, hell, you know, cracking a billion internationally, yeah. I think is is proof in the pudding there. We can talk about that another time. But there were so many failures which led up to this this era that we live now, and some that were like near misses, like could have almost been cool, but weren't. And then there were some hidden gems back in the day. And we're talking movies as recent as just a few years ago to re to movies that were 25, 30 years ago. So, uh, Adam, you know, I love to start with you, but I'm not going to do that today. That's fine. Uh, that's my, so. that's my penance for being super late, but I would like to kick it off to our guest here in the studio. TC, what, what's a movie that screams to you as one of these failures that helped educate Hollywood on what the fuck to do with genre film? If you look back, there's recently, you know, um, you, you see nowadays everything's popping with the cap. You yeah. Know? I even personally dress up myself as Captain America. Oh, I love and the cap. I, I made Wearing sure, my Captain America shirt today. Beautiful, beautiful shirt, by the way. It is. I made sure to go back and do my research before I decided to show up to little kids' birthday parties as Captain America and get, you know, reamed by kids that know more than I do. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I did go back a little ways, and I saw that old Captain America movie. Oh, no. If you boys don't recall, it's, it's a live-action Horrible movie. Oh, the um, one with uh, J.D. Salinger's yeah, kid. Yeah, there Matt Salinger. That's yeah. there. We go. There we go. Oh. Yeah, it's a uh, that that's a failure. That's a that's a modern day failure. But yet, not too many years later, we have what we have now. Right. And by all means, this is what we expect when we talk about Captain America and the Avengers. I mean. You know, we make jokes about the Spider-Man the old days, you know, the, the original TV series uh -huh. where he's fighting homeless kids. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. A plague Look on, it up. A Look plague, it up. On, a plague a on New York. I mean, downtown Los Angeles, it, which is where it was filmed. Horrible. So, I mean, obviously, <laughs> we've, we've made some strides. Yes. And for that, I am very appreciative. And, you know, as a kid that grew up reading comics, just, you know, yeah. it was part of my life was to look up to these guys. I mean... I eventually turned into a version of a G.I. Joe man, you know. So well, yeah, you've got the beard now. Thank you. and uh, Shipwreck, thank you. You're 
<laughs> he would make a killer shipwreck. Thank you, I do. Where, do you have a live par- parrot? That's uh, what I want to know. That's the only part I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> I had a bird once, and they don't shut up. I don't want another bird. Thank you. That's great. You know, I remember that Captain America movie. I, I remember that they put the poster in the movie theaters at the time. Did they really? It was just a picture of the shield on a one-sheet poster on a black background, and it was coming soon, Captain America. And then the distributors got a look at this picture, which was produced by Canon Pictures. Oh, holy shit. I didn't realize Canon did this. Oh, Soft yeah. quality, baby. Oh, it, was either, <laughs> it was either Canis or just a strict Golan Globus joint, like right after they did Superman for the Quest for Peace. Another oh, nice. war atrocity of a picture. I oh. mean, they should set up a special court for superhero film crimes at Nuremberg because... With Superman for the quest for peace, John Cryer, that's all I've got to say. Do you feel guilty for watching it? Because at this point, I start to feel like I have done something wrong by actually (laughs) watching it. I want to say I was either 18 or 19 years old when that movie came out, and it was the first film I went by myself to go see. And um, I was kind of glad because I wouldn't out myself as somebody who paid money for that pile of shite. It was just... It was so horrifically bad, but as we talked about before, Superman 4 was this film where we had two super beings fight, where the majority of superhero fare was, uh, you know, it, you have this superhero, and he's fighting gangsters. Versus some guy. Versus some guy. Even Superman 1 was, I mean, Lex Luthor wasn't Mad even respect. A, I love Gene Hackman. God Gene damn. Hackman's fucking fantastic one of the best but ultimately he was like a a toupee wearing donald trump i mean he was a guy who was all about real estate at that point damn where is superman these days i mean we need superman now more than ever see see we took out all those phone booths right it's the one thing yeah never people always want land that's true (laughs) real estate yeah (laughs) so but as i was going to say about captain america this was a film which was just plagued by Hollywood executives, or I should say Canon executives, because they were from based out of Tel Aviv, I think. And these were guys who just did not get the intellectual property rights that they were buying. It's like, okay, so we're going to have the super soldier experiment. They got that part right. And then after that, it was a fucking train wreck for an hour and a half. I mean, to the point where... Steve Rogers was battling an Italian Red Skull because they thought Italian would look great. Yeah. You know, pinstripes looked great on yeah. a guy who with who does not have a Red Skull for a face. He I mean, just, you know. you know, he looked like a burn victim more than anything else. He did. It's whatever, Very much you know, so. great, mad, you know, evil, you know. You know, because nothing represents international fascism <laughs> better than fucking Italians. Pinstripes. I mean, give me a fucking break. So I was a kid watching this movie. My dad, he consumes all superhero media uh-huh. and is just thankful to have it. Yeah. And I remember being a kid, he rented this film from the video store. I was sick at the time. And I had, I don't know what I had. They had to put you on oxygen after sicker, this film. Right? Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much what happened was, at that point, we were in the middle of the movie, and my nose just starts bleeding. <laughs> it's your brain Both. trying to get out. <laughs> Both nostrils just... And and it didn't <laughs> oh, shit. it sorry. didn't go away for like a day and a half to where any time I breathed out my nose it was just blood. Your brain it's, was exploding. It's an and aneurysm. That's, yeah. 
My, yes. my dad was abusing me. just a little aneurysm. You'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll straighten you out. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know? yeah, no, that was, uh, that was child wow. abuse, I think. I think so. Uh, you know, what's the statute on limitations for stuff like that? <laughs> I'll have to look that up afterwards. Yeah, that was, you know. Dude, that's fucking terrible. I mean, Ouch. you just knew at the rubber ears that this was going to be a bad film. Captain America, for those who have not seen the film... The suit was pretty comic book accurate, Man. truth be told. He had the wings on his head, the whole nine yards. But for some reason, they could not trust Matt Salinger's ears in the film. They had to sculpt <laughs> rubber ears nice. to glue to the side of the mask. Some of us have ears. We, I don't think that guy was ear deficient, but I, I could be wrong. But that poor bastard had to wear that costume. Vulcan and, style. Oh, man. There was nothing going on. The only good part about that film was Ned Beatty picking him up as he was hitchhiking. Like the, the <laughs> Remember the V-2 oh rocket God, that yes. they launched from fucking Germany overshot the United States and landed him in fucking Alaska? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Hey, and that's, he's just I mean, like, that, what's I up, heard Alaska? Werner von Braun was good, but I mean... You know. Dude. So, <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! I mean, you're no. bringing up all these bad yes, memories yes. with Captain America. It's, tr- it's trauma. I, I, that's what I'm here for. You know, it, and and since you said trauma, I will say this: if you're a fan of the movie, the t- the movie series, The Toxic Avenger, maybe you can get through Captain America with a couple of laughs because it is truly a fun, terrible movie. Well. Growing up, I had a great dad, and um, we did things like would watch TV shows, and he would just turn the volume off. Okay. And I can never forget watching Swamp Thing with my father. Oh, yeah. And, and, and dubbing over ourselves. That's where all of this probably comes from for mm-hmm. me personally. And so later on, when I met my wife, and we moved in together, and of course, you have no cable, nothing but an antenna, and you know two lawn chairs in your little apartment, what TV show comes on but... The Swamp Thing, that's, the movie. That's great. On the Spanish now is channel. This, now, is this uh, the Adrian Barbeau? The, the old school. The original, original one. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. I, I got a few years on myself. So, yes, Louis yeah. Jordan played Beauty. Dr. Arcane. Beauty. I mean, really. Oh. So we're watching it in Spanish, and I have now convinced my wife that I speak enough Spanish to translate the movie. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I do not speak enough Spanish to translate the movie. So I am dubbing over my own versions, and at some point I said something. Something I, I, I goddamn or something to where she finally caught on and she this isn't right and so my wife now also gets the gist that I'm an idiot and so yeah I I mean that's you know if you can make it through certain movies even if they suck if you can really have some fun with the movie uh-huh. you can move on I mean Cap, yeah. Captain America is one of those movies that you know you're gonna have to you know take it with oh. a little bit but you know it's you might get through it depending on how many drugs you're on a lot of things are legal these days yeah. so it's, you know I mean it. Go, De- definitely go speak with your physician. Yes, speak with your physician first, but you might want to self-medicate. Yes. I, I would definitely recommend that because God Almighty, that if you are a film fan, you do not want to see this movie. You will want to kill me. <laughs> it was not in class by any oh means either God. for but, any, any film class I've ever taken. But trust us, if you like shitty movies, and there's a subset of people out there who actively... Love I mean, them. There are people who like that movie, The Room, with Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're Holy tearing crap. me apart! You know, they're, 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 the irony of it is, is if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, there's always... 10 to 15% of right. people who liked it. So whoever the hell those people are, more power to you. Yes. Okay? Yes. Buddha bless you. Yes. <laughs> of course, uh, the only superhero film that I know that has a 0% on Rotten Tomatoes right now is The Inhumans. 
which I have oh, not. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. And I was just like, holy shit. So none of us have seen that. I don't think no. you've seen that. No, see, I have not seen it. I'm just going to wait to see it for free on ABC and then quietly throw up in my the comfort of my own restroom. So, uh, Adam. Yes. I think we beat up both Superman for the Quest for Peace and <laughs> Captain America, both Golan Globus joints. Uh, tell me, give me a film, one that just kind of sticks in your craw as being especially terrible. So I remember, again, going back to being a kid, my dad loving all comic book stuff. We It's 1994, and we decide we're going to go to the movies, and uh, he's like, the shadow's playing. And I'm like, all right, cool, superhero. Yeah. So I remember sitting there, and even as I think I was eight or nine at the time, yeah, I remember walking out of the theater and going, "What the fuck was that shit?" <laughs> <laughs> I, Literally out of your eight-year-old ouch. mouth, Pretty, being, "What the fuck was that shit?" I, yeah, I, I was it's like, just, "You were the, the the grandson of George Carlin or something." Post yeah, pretty much, <laughs> right? Like I was sitting there and I. I could not believe what I'd just seen. It's okay. Adam bled part of his brain out yeah. of his yeah. nose the day before. <laughs> he, had so. forgot, he had forgotten several things, so this was yeah. replacing them. It was yeah. kind of therapy. Yeah, pretty much. And I just remember watching Tim Curry run around and just be, and not being able to take him seriously because he plays a demented, uh, he plays a, a demented genius two, with a two-year-old's uh, Maturity? Oh, my God. Like, that's the only way I know how to describe it, is he's just so one-dimensional. Like, right. he saw a toddler and was like, I'm going to act like that, and yeah. I'm going to laugh a lot. Yeah. The man with the mind of a two-year-old. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so it was hard to take him seriously as some super genius. Yeah. And, and I'm like, you're not a super genius. And you're there was, two years old. And, you know, there was such... Great talent in that film. There was. Yes. So, you, so you had Alec Baldwin at the height of his handsomeness. Yes. This was movie star yes. period Alec Baldwin. I mean, that's hair, baby. Oh, my God, that hair. I'm jealous. Yeah. Oh, I, who didn't want that guy's hairline? <sighs> then you had possibly the world's greatest comedic genius who did not play a single scene for laughs. That was Jonathan Winters as the police I couldn't believe that when I saw that. Okay. Like, I watched it recently, and I was just like, are you fucking serious? They wasted Jonathan Winters? And... If, and and, let me, and just let me say, as a guy who's somewhat funny on a moment, yes. that sucks. Okay, that does. for you to put in your whole life of being funny and then be told don't be funny, um, I'm just saying that's yeah. No, it's it, it, and, and there's a thing that says that that dramatic actors will always play dra- uh, drama and that comedic actors can play anything, and I truly believe that. So I believe that Jonathan Winters had the look and the feel of a 1930s ever era police commissioner. But he's fucking Jonathan Winters. If you don't yeah. know this this bit, I, I'm sure you know this. Look up on YouTube, Jonathan Winters' stick. He does this three-minute bit. I want to say it's on Carson or some old Johnny yeah. Carson show where he gets this wooden stick, and he's just talking about the stick, and he goes off for three minutes. The man is was verifiably <laughs> insane. But it was like where Robin Williams descended from from the comedic family. Essentially, tree. the evil genius without the evil. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It, we're mad scientists. We just don't know science. Right. He's a mad... He was the, one of the maddest comedians ever, and it was wasted. They could have at least had the commissioner do something except sit there and go, boy, that shadow really is a problem for the city. And, and, that's <laughs> and then the, Alec Baldwin going, he's not a problem. 
in the cheesiest as, as the as yeah. the noir lighting crosses yeah. his eyes. I mean, you're it, right; he's not a problem. <laughs> and I've met a few cops in my time, you know, uh-huh. here and there, and yep. incarceration. And uh, you know, <laughs> most of them are smartasses in some way, shape, or form. And right. as they get higher up, they do get a little wittier, you know. As they get as a smarter man is known to be, you know, yep. you got some sharp wit to you. You'd figure a man like that who is by far hilarious, and then playing the role of an individual who is in charge and has to deal with all the BS that you deal with in everyday life. You'd think he would have had some smart-ass comments here and there, but no, I never... All the director, Russell Mulcahy, who directed the cult favorite Highlander, one of my favorite movies of all time. Just saw him last weekend. Really? Yeah, Adrian. Uh, Oh, he's, he's just made some great films. All he had to do was say to Jonathan Winters, gallows humor, go. You know, that's all he had Absolutely. to do, and that would have been it. But it didn't end at Jonathan Winters. You had Penelope Ann Miller. You had yeah. Ian. She Ma- was w- written so weird. Right. And as Margot Lane, you had Sir Ian McKellen in that film. You had mm. John Lone, who I had seen previously in Michael Cimino's Year of the Dragon with Mickey Rourke, which is oh, possibly wow. yeah. one of the most underrated yeah. cop movies ever made. Yeah. He was wasted at Shiwan Khan in that film. You can tell I love The Shadow. I love I, The Shadow. I have many of deep. The Shadow you're novels. Deep. I love the character of The Shadow. I love Lamont Cranston. I did not love how he could physically metamorphosize from yeah. Alec Baldwin into <laughs> yeah. Sam Waterston. Yeah. It made absolutely, like you saw that there. Um, oh, God, what was the name of his, uh, the guy who drove the cab for him? I can't remember. Peter Boyle. I think it was, was Peter the, Boyle, yeah. but I can't remember oh. the, the name of the... It was Mo something. Mo or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, he's looking in the in the mirror, and there he is from Law & Order, Sam Waterston. Get me to the courthouse. You know, I just like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And the fact is, he could cloud men's minds, but they could see him traipse through an open uh, water tower. You know, like he's walking <laughs> yeah. around a water tower... You wouldn't see anyway. I just the shadow. I it's. I told Adam this just before we started recording. I love to. I love the shadow because it's the shadow. It is probably my guiltiest of all my guilty movie pleasures. Um, but I can there, feel the pain over here. Oh my god, it hurts so bad to watch that film. Yeah. As a guy who loved, like we talked a few episodes back, I loved Andy Helfer's Shadow comic from the '80s, Howard Chaykin's miniseries. Hell, the fucking Michael Kaluta and Denny O'Neill comic that from stuff, DC in the early '70s. The one thing I nerded out about in that movie was mm-hmm. when they added the makeup and he had that weird nose. I was yeah, like, Yeah, that was. They should have kept the nose for the whole. But no, we. I can't. was like, Holy shit! It's Michael Kaluta's shadow. Right. He had had that no, <laughs> yeah, but of course we couldn't do that to Alec Baldwin for a whole movie. Oh no, no, he's far too beautiful. For Here's that. my Alec Baldwin impersonation. Are you ready? I am God. Huh? Not bad. Huh? Yeah, not bad. Not do bad. I have a future? Maybe. No, I'm not, I don't think. Maybe. Well, I'm nice, and I. You Nobody know, even knows on. what movie that comes from, so I'm gonna go ahead. I think he said something like that in the shadow. Honestly, uh, he might have. I don't um, know. Um, and then the whole like. They do that fabulous. whole sewer system, or not sewer system, but the, the you know how in the bank you send up the thing through the tube? The pneumatic tube system, yeah. yeah. And then they had this thing going <laughs> all over the city. They had Where CGI. Oh, like, and it was tubes. bad early Oh, night. my God, it was so bad. And then let's not forget the theme music, which was composed <sighs> and performed by the inimitable Taylor Swift. Not Taylor Swift. Taylor, no. oh, shit. What was no. her name? Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane. Taylor Dane. I mean, I said yeah. Taylor Swift. I'm, gonna right. edit, I'm not even going to edit Don't that out. Don't edit that. Yeah, that would have made it better. 
It would even that would have been better. That's hard to say, but I agree with you there. Yeah, and yeah, at what five years old or something like oh that? Oh my would've god, been better. I would give her a xylophone or some shit. I would have taken it. It was an, it, it was equal parts majesty because of the production design and the costuming and the way they filmed it. And then when people opened their mouths, it was just a bucket of fucking suck. Yeah. I, I just yeah, it was horrible. Oh god, I could not stand watching that. Um, what are your memories of it, TC? I mean, did, uh, do, have we covered all the ground here? By is... all means, yes. No, it's... It, it's Stop with the hurting. I, I, I have to wipe the tears away first, and then, you know... No, it, it was horrible. And I literally remember the noir style and how I wanted that to be, you know, the Gotham and how I wanted it yeah. to be everything that, you know, I believed was the buildup to what becomes Batman and, and all that, in essence. You know, it's it's that almost story behind it that, yes. that a lot of people didn't understand and I was hoping would get to be shown. No, no, that, that was not what I had hoped for. And I mean, I personally have a cat named Grey Ghost, if that, oh, you know what I mean? So yeah. I dig the old school style. I love anything that's, you know, I when you said golden age of film, I, I meant no disrespect. I'll oh, take, sure. I'll take Diamond Age all day long, but I believe the golden age of film is far Far way back. Yeah, no, you're you, you're if right. If you go through the 30s, 40s, 50s, even into the 60s, that that to me is the golden age. I I, I love no, anything black and white. I love anything that even comes from radio. I mean, the other night I was listening to the Green Hornet. If that tells you, anything. it tells me a lot. And on that, radio, that tells me that you get the pulp sensibilities of characters like the Green Hornet, like the Shadow, like Doc Savage. You can't just put a movie out and put people in costume and expect it to come well. It, it no. all starts with the script. No. And that's where the problem with that movie starts. Oh, my and God, he, the script was so bad. As an actor, I've, I've read several scripts in my life mm-hmm. and, and tried to make, you know, artistic changes and, and brought, you know, ideas to directors or other folks that, you know, writers and stuff. And it, even if they don't listen, at least I was able to say my piece and now I have to go play that, that character that they're asking me to. It, it's almost like in that movie, the director had such a hold over it and such a dictatorship that yeah. everything sucked. Yeah. The one thing in the plot that I just, I remember laughing out loud and when I was watching it and I'm like, I'm, the neighbors are going to come check and see what's wrong with me, is whenever Seizures. he declares that, that he, what's his? Shiwan Khan. Shiwan Khan, yeah. I, the the <laughs> descendant of Genghis of Khan. Genghis or Khan. what you just called Jim, but yeah. Yeah, I'd be offended. <laughs> yeah, I, fuck, yeah, I was... <laughs> I could not remember because I'm trying to block out that movie actively in my brain. <laughs> it's not working. It's no. not. And <laughs> Watch Captain America again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and so uh, whenever he declared, Alec Baldwin declares that he's hypnotized the city for 10 <laughs> and and because there's this huge hotel that had not that they'd worked on for 10 years evidently right. and Margot Lane declares that they'd sold the that the last person to buy this lot yeah. was an East Asian man yes and then they and then it turns out that this East Asian man evidently ships himself from Asia in a sarcophagus in a, in a metal sarcophagus yes uh, to my whatever does that all it's the time. New York City yeah. ostensibly my friend does that all the time yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah so. there's no better way to travel across sea I hear yeah. so yeah and then he did that but while he was away he'd hypnotized the city for 10 years to build this hotel to where nobody saw it right it was just an empty lot to it anybody was, walking down the street yeah so. and I was just like how the fuck does that work like 
Yeah. And how do you check a sarcophagus, by the way? I just want to know that. I just, yeah. Some guy just drove up and, no and left it. Yeah, left it. God, like, the, God, the good old, God, the good old days, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, they said to deliver this sarcophagus to an empty lot here. Hey, we got hey. this box over here. We're going to put it on the airplane. No, no problem. Nobody's going <laughs> to mind if I just drop it off on this empty street hey, corner. Yo. Hey, Got a union tag on it. Bada bing. <laughs> it, I mean, evidently, he, you could do whatever the fuck you wanted in that city. Apparently so. Because people were constantly walking around in, like, samurai gear <laughs> and shit. <laughs> And, and nobody, like, turned That's, an eye. They were just like, whatever, who gives a shit? And I'm like... New York City, 1936. Oh, it's just another one of the fancy guys in this samurai. You, you and I'm just like, I get, I get that he's hypnotized. Okay, I'll stretch and say he's hypnotized the city from the building. Okay. I'm sorry. But fucking... He's hypnotized them from all these guys walking around in samurai armor. How Dude, racist is this movie? It, it that is. in 1930, every Japanese guy is a samurai. That's, that's all right. I want to just make clear, okay? And they didn't know what they did. And you being, you were telling me that you have martial arts background. Thank you. That, you know, in one scene, I saw some of his guards with Naganata, and another, so, so I saw them with the actual, I don't know what the long bladed. Uh, spear is, but I mean, like they were mixing their Japanese and their Chinese weaponry in this. Oh, and it, that's the beauty it of it was, all, right? Oh, it was all a, Asian folks are the same to them. That's, that's, that's right. It. It's just one Asian supercontinent, right? That's yeah, you know. And then when Lamont Cranston later on, he's like having those nightmare fits. Yes, and he sees himself in the armor. Oh, and they God. try to imply that he's been around for so long and that he was a barbarian. Yeah, and he's got blood on his face right. in this armor. And I'm just, I'm like, who expects to take this seriously? Yeah. Like Alec Baldwin was not around during Genghis Khan's time, right? Eating people, right? That was not a well, thing. Well, you know, the I most beautiful barbarian ever. <laughs> it's just my hairline is flawless. Genghis Baldwin. <laughs> Genghis Baldwin. I will say this though, as a Shadow fan, the the um, prologue to that film when he shows up in Shangri La or wherever. He learned his ways of mysticism and all that. That was legit to the character's canon. And then the whole setup between him and the commissioner at the Cobalt Club and the, the fight on with the gangsters on the bridge, all of that was legit. And then it was like he got, first, got through the first 20, 30 minutes of that film, and it was like one of those hard cliffs that came out of nowhere in a Looney Tunes cartoon. It just they went tried real hard. They tried real hard, but man, they drove that car straight into a ditch in that. You film. know, my mother used to say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, so boy. that fucker's a brick in the way. It really was. But the good news is, and this is really good news, is that I read in the trades, both Hollywood Reporter and Variety have reported that um, Sam Raimi has the rights to produce a shadow film. Oh. And after watching his Dark Man from years and years yeah. ago and knowing that he, this this is a guy who makes good cinema. He gets it. He gets it. Even his bad stuff is better than 10 times the amount of movies that get put out there every year. Even if he doesn't directly oversee the production of it and he's just like an EP or something, I think that we have a shot at a, a great reinvigoration for, the, uh, for that character. Am I... Tell me here if I'm wrong. Okay. But I think Ted Raimi would make a good Lamont Cranston. Well, and and maybe he's too old for that now. I I don't know. I haven't seen I don't Ted. Know. I I I just maybe Ted Raimi could have been a, a Lamont Cranston. Unfortunately, the now 
he if they decide to do the shadow on television, I would definitely say you're in the ballpark for that because you don't necessarily need to be a brand. You yeah. don't necessarily need to be an A or even a B lister. You know, which unfortunately Ted Raimi is probably towards the middle grade of character actors. And I think he's great. Yeah. I think he could probably do it talent-wise. Um, whether he's good enough to do that for what would end up probably being a $200 million motion picture with, uh, with, nah. the, with the effects that they would have to put into it, I don't know if you could sell him. Yeah. Then again, I wouldn't want to see John Cena play this guy either. Yeah. So. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. It's, yeah. There was a list of dudes that rolled through my head just now too, and I thought, oh God, please don't pick any of them. So yeah, John. They're talking about John Cena to play Captain Marvel Shazam. So I don't. I don't they'd have to fix his hair. I think Shazam. They could do. Yeah. I, I heard The Rock was even up for that. For he a was, but was he's he? going to do Black Adam. Instead. Okay, he's going to do Black Adam. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, you got two WrestleMania main eventers right Why not? there. Hey, don't so get me wrong. The, Both them boys are in great shape. Yeah. I mean, and they can act. And John Cena can really act. They can act. He no, was great in train wreck. Go, I go, jump in the ring anytime. You, there, there's a lot of acting in there. That, yep. Those boys can act, and yep. you know, so I, I'm willing to give it a shot. Hey, if if it ends up going that direction, they say that's the next film to go before the lens at DC. So, wow. Wow. well, I mean, you've got they were, they main evented WrestleMania 28 yeah. and 29. The only way you can get bigger than WrestleMania yeah. is by fighting each other That's <laughs> right. in a motion in, in, with superpowers yeah. for, the, for the universe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this one really is for all the marbles. There's no belt, <laughs> just the planet. Just the planet. <laughs> who gets to call the thunder, brother? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I want to know who the tag team partners are on that one. I'm not. No. I'm not volunteering. Oh god, I can get to some deep comic book cuts, but I'm actually going to give you my idea for what makes bad superhero movies. And there are three words, and you will know those three words probably all too well, and that is Batman and Robin. The second of the Joel Schumacher uh, outings as the Helmer for a Batman film. That statement, think about that statement. That hurts in and of itself. Right. That he was given a second movie. Okay. There were parts of Batman Forever where you can go, Okay, I like Val Kilmer as Batman. Mm-hmm. But, yep. But <laughs> She's TC here is like going zen, he trying is, to like avoid is, thinking of any of this. <laughs> Sorry. Nipples, bat Sorry. cod pieces. I no, mean, and Val, I don't know. I mean, okay, I, I'm, I'm a Batman guy at yeah. heart. I, I, seriously, but um, Val, okay, all right. I we can it, give I on Val it, Kilmer. There's things you can 90s let slide. Val Kilmer. You know, yeah, he had the voice, it was yeah. there. Okay. He had the body at this time. He's a good-looking dude. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Back then, I was a little Lovely jealous. Lovely jawline for that guy. God, strong man, yeah. you know? But, uh, <laughs> whew, yeah, no. Yeah, Batman. Oh, man. Oh, yeah, no. Nipples. Nipples. Okay, so this is how bad the movie is. Okay, so Joel Schumacher was critically panned for Batman Forever, but that film made money. So what, did the, what does any Hollywood studio do? If you make the money, they say, go give make us you, more money. Give you more money. Here's more money to make us more money. So who does he get? So he gets George Clooney at the height of his ER stardom. He had only done two films before that point, and um, uh, Out of Sight had yet to come out. Yeah. Which oh, is my yeah. favorite George Clooney yeah. movie, you know. Uh, which is based on the Elmore Leonard novel, which can get me into trouble because then I'm not talking anything tangentially related to comic books. Then you have to read a book. Yeah, these are the books, the comic books without the pictures. They're they're called books. Anyway. I um, didn't know that existed. Yeah, that's a thing. Adam looks very confused. That's a thing. I'll show you a couple oh, okay. after we're done here. 
So they go out and get George Clooney. They keep Chris O'Donnell as Robin, even though they put him into a Nightwing costume with a cape. It yes. was hey, it was Robin colors. It was the Nightwing New oh, Fifty Two suit. Wait, okay, yeah, I thought you were talking about the the Batman Forever. No, but I'm yeah, talking the, about Batman Robin. I yeah, hated, that was that I, was the Nightwing. Suit. I did not like Batman Forever. But I hated Batman and Robin. Thank you. I hated that. But we don't have enough superhero action with just those two a-holes in, in rubber nipple costumes. <laughs> no. Then we bring in Alicia. Alicia. Oh. Alicia. <clears throat> Silverstone, who is at the height of her powers yeah. in, in the late 90s. Yeah, she's them, But funny how they didn't put nipples on her no, costume. No, no. Oh, my God. The one that... You probably should have had them. Should have had nipples. I think would have brought more asses into seats in that film. Yeah. But wait, we're still not done yet. Hold on. Okay, so then we're bringing in Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Uma. Uma. Oprah. Uma. Oprah. An old David Letterman bit from the Oscars. But it was it, Uma Thurman as Poison Ivy. Still not a bad idea. Lover. We bring in a nameless wrestler, and I call him a nameless wrestler because I don't know or have at hand the name of the actor who played Bane. But this is the character brought in to play basically the odd job to to Goldfinger played by by Poison Ivy. Okay, she was okay, Bane was was Poison yeah. Ivy's muscle. Yeah. And this is a character who led an entire year's worth of Batman stories just a few years prior to this film, and yeah. they just made him a muscle-bound moron. Then, he figured out who Bruce Wayne, that Bruce Wayne right, was Batman. Right. <laughs> That's how smart he was. Yeah. I mean, the only, I mean, a woman imprisoned on the, the, the rogue nation island of Santa Prisco was born in prison. His mother died during childbirth, and he grew up, not having ever been convicted of a crime to rule that prison. I mean, that's how badass Bane was, right? So, perfect. Let's make him a silent heavy in the background of Batman and Robin. Okay? It's, it's just a mad, John Glover's mad experiment gone wrong. Exactly. Who played Jason Woodrow? Thank you yeah. for that. Yeah. And then, because we don't have enough heroes and villains yet. No, no? No, no, wait, wait, but wait, there's more. They bring in the one... The only, the one, the, the guy who would be governor one day. Oh, yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. It's time for Freeze. Gosh. Okay, so you're there. You're getting jacked in the gym every day and studying thermodynamics yes. at the same time. Yes, yeah. MBD. I all, mean, all the bodybuilders I know are for, by far... Molecular scientists. They, they must all be molecular scientists. Absolutely. They are all quantum physicists. Yes. They are everything. They are polyglots. I don't know. It, they, they know suspended animation. Right. So this is a film that gave us such things as Batman and Robin having ice skates built into their boots. Oh, because yeah. when Mr. Freeze shows up, he had to turn this, this gala ball into a fucking hot ice hockey rink. And then he has ice hockey henchmen because there's nothing more feared than enforcers on the ice, right? Well, Can you imagine being one of those henchmen? Like, do we go now? No, as soon as you see the ice, that's when you start skating. Right. Man, it's hard to stand like this. And then you're going to have to fight Batman. Then you're going to have to fight Batman on bat skates. I'm, and I'm just saying, in, in, in the backstory of that, do you think that maybe there was a moment where they were talking behind the stage saying, hey... <laughs> Batman on ice. I think right? we can compete with Disney on you ice know what? right here. This, let's bring this. I bet they were thinking if we make a billion dollars on this movie, they would have done it. 
I bet you you're right on I'm that. I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> look, at what, look at what Marvel Universe is doing with Marvel Universe Live. They're it's doing fun. they're doing a circus show now. I'm a little jealous. I am too. They've got Iron Fist looking like serious Iron Fist in that really? show. Really? Yeah. I, he's wearing like the Sifu Master suit with the Iron Fist bandana mask, and, and like he's the, got a glowy hand and the, the symbol tattoo. And, and he's, they have a whole martial arts segment. Okay, so I yeah, have, I have to get tickets. I for think next we're weekend. yeah, we're we're all gonna have to go. <laughs> yes. But the point is. They even had an American Express card product placement in the middle of this movie. Nice. Never leave home without it. It's Batman actually said, never leave home without nice. it. Nice. When he pulls out the Amex black card or bat card. He didn't hold up a Pepsi right before that? No, I think he did, actually. No, this movie was a fucking abomination. <sighs> to be fair, okay. the, the Tim Burton movie also <laughs> had an American Express. You know uh, what? You are correct, plug. but there was it, they did it funny. They, they and were it was fun. by bad guys. And Taste. it was by bad guys. Taste. Right? That's all I'm saying. You know, just a few years before, you had the likes of Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer oh. and Danny DeVito and Christopher Walken in this film. Yes. Okay, in this film series, I should say. Okay? And then a few years later, then you get Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey. Okay, wasn't the greatest movie, but there was parts to admire about it. And he had a definite vision of bringing the color from a comic book into the cinema. I totally am with, and Schumacher is a great filmmaker. He has made great movies. Yeah, I, I you'd be hard pressed to get me to believe that after this. Just I'll show you his IMDb page, okay. and, and and I will actually show you some stuff that, that Adam will he have is, to read. Then too. yeah, uh, I don't know. It's reading. It's all text. Oh, oh. I'll, I'll tell you what movies. To okay, download. all right. Okay. <laughs> so, but but then they go to you know then you get Uma and. Arnold and Chris O'Donnell and George Clooney. And this is like shaking his head, doesn't give a shit about his acting George Clooney. No, he's paid. The only actor that was... And laid. God God knows how much ass he pulled in this show. And then you have Michael Gogue, who played Alfred since the very first movie. That poor man. Laid up in a bed for the entirety of that film. Fucking ridiculous. And Batgirl was not Barbara Gordon. No! It was no. What was her name? Because I can't fucking. remember. It was Barbara, but I don't remember the was last it? name. Or it so. was and because it was Alfred's niece, right? No, who had just stumbled oh. upon oh. the Batcave. Batcave. <laughs> That's right. You're just sitting around, just walking oh. through a mansion, and then oh, Uncle Alfred. What? Well, of course, because Pat Hingle was Commissioner Gordon still, and I, you know, God rest his soul. Pat Hingle might have been a fine character actor. I never liked him as Commissioner Gordon in this film series. No. Um, this was a film that I, I hate for another reason, besides the fact that it is so bad. And that is for the fact that there was not another superhero movie done seriously for years after that. It took until... It crushed us. It crushed It crushed the hopes. I mean, there was a Superman revival that was on the bubble of happening at that time. Warner's canceled it. They canceled any further Batman development. They canceled everything and decided to hold back. And what that did was that provided Marvel was going through a bankruptcy at that time, sold off a bunch of its movie rights, and a few years later, um, Sony puts out the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie. Well, and you had X-Men come out in, what, 2000? I want to say it was 2000, but nobody expected X-Men to do well. In fact, Fox thought that it was a loser at the time. Yeah, Wait, Fox didn't think that it did well. Yeah, they were hoping. Or no, to get they their were money they back. were thinking it was not going to do well. Oh. Their predictions were, their box office tracking was was, box office tracking is 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 a weird science. I know that you've heard of it, TC, Sir. and it's it's 
it's very algorithmic, but they use this extensive uh, mathematical science to figure out how movies are doing based on what similar films have done in the past. And Fox was saying, oh, this film, eh, not so sure. They were literally thinking it was going to make their money back. That's, That's really right. what they thought with X-Men. Is if they put out this much money, right. they saw the, in the tracking, they saw that they probably internationally were going to get their money back just on the good side. That's right. And that's and they considered that a success at the time. Correct. Jeez. Because it didn't horrifically fail. But there was something that was happening in between those two films, which was an independent movie, and I forget which studio um, distributed it, and that was uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable. Oh, well. Which, to me, is one yeah. of the best superhero oh, movies ever made. Oh, that's a great superhero made. movie. Not bad at all. And Unbreakable sort of helped reprime the pump, and then when X-Men came out, you know, they were all in black leather uniforms. They didn't have much budget. You know, they couldn't do the danger room sequence. They could barely do Cerebro. Yeah, it was rough. And, you know, you can look at that movie now, 18-some-odd years later, and go, okay, this movie had, had some, you know, budgetary restraints, but in a way that made it a better movie. You have to try harder. Yeah. yeah exactly. They yep. made up for it in script. So Batman Robin did its damnedest to kill an entire genre. Yeah. And I will never forgive that film for it. And only now is George Clooney coming back into the graces of genre movie fans because he said some things during that tour, basically lambasting comic book fans for being too slavish devotees well, to the stories. And he didn't get it at the time. Let me just say, if yeah. he played um, in The Grapes of Wrath mm -hmm. and there was a movie production of that and and he played one of the characters and he did not hold that character up to par yep those same people who read those books who love those characters would have ripped him a new asshole just like the rest you of us you better believe it I so mean, when you're gonna go messing with something that is someone's i mean and i literally mean this in all honesty right it's my childhood yeah it is a per product of me i mean to say I followed my dad and I followed some martial arts instructors and some other good dudes that mm -hmm. were around and, and based my whole you know self as a man off of what I learned from them, Bruce Wayne was obviously in Batsy or obviously an influence in my life. You know yeah. what I mean? So to, to just go and then just shit on that and not care. I mean, it's one thing to say, hey, look, I tried really hard. It didn't work out. Right. I'm sorry. You know, we'll make it up next time. We won't. You know, I will never do this again. Yeah. I will step away and, and you know what? My bad. Yeah. When you don't get that from someone, it literally shows they took the money and they didn't give a shit. That's and right. That's, that's harsh for some of us. That's fine if you want to do other lame movies like that, but right. don't come over here, take our money, and then at the end of the day, give us a product that just... It's an extremely short-sighted uh, short way to do business. It, it really is. And what was good, in a way, from if you're... If you're those who, who learn from history... Uh, benefit from the fact that they themselves won't repeat it. So you saw in Sam Raimi, this is a kid who read the entire Lee yeah. Dicko and then Lee Buscema run on Spider-Man, where besides his own character, Spider-Man was his jam. And especially in those first two Spider-Man movies by Sam Raimi, the third one you can see where the company interference oh, came in and all that. I mean, Money it's, talks. Money talks. But... Sam Raimi learned those lessons from from Batman and Robin and said, "No, we're not going to do this." Even if it didn't, even if he wasn't uh, cognitively thinking of it at the time, it was in the back of his brain as he was doing press for it, as he was writing the film, as he was directing it, 
and it was a Spider-Man picture. Say what you want to about Tobey no, Maguire. No, it's fine. There, there are some fair criticisms of that okay, film. Cool. But, but it's a teenage boy yeah. being Spider-Man. Being Spider-Man. That is the story. That right? is what we all grew up with. First comic in my whole life is Spider-Man number 11. Okay? So okay. the Sam of Batman guy is one thing. But the first comic I ever owned that we got was Spider-Man number 11. So Spidey is always with me. And I grew up with the TV show. And I yep. grew up just loving the dude. You know what I mean? He's, it's, he's always my side guy. You yeah. know? The story has to stay the story. You can't change... Aunt May into some, you know, 20-year-old gal. You can't, you nope. know what I mean? You can't make Peter 63 all of a sudden. You can't You can't change the basis of the story and then tell me that you've put out a good product and right. a story that's that's close to what, no, 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 no. He at least put out the story that we all knew and grew up with, yep. that we all loved, and we could go in and find parts that we loved. Yes, Toby struggled in moments. There are other parts that, hey, this, you know, these aren't action people. These aren't maybe people that grew up with Spider-Man and right. stuff. But at least he tried. Yeah, and he, he was, was the, surrounded by talent. Absolutely. As well. And and he was one of those people that said, Hey, look, I tried. Yeah. Maybe it didn't work out to be the best Spider-Man that's ever existed, but I came out and tried my hardest. But man. That's all we asked. Yep. That's why we're mad at George and not mad at Toby as much. So. That's right. That's right, and I, I'll tell you what, Spider-Man 2 of that particular franchise was my favorite because I'm, I'm a slavish devotee of Alfred Molina. As far as, nice. character, as far as character actors go, his portrayal of Otto Octavius, Doc Ock, they didn't even have to call him Doc Ock in that entire picture for me to get who he was and the relationship that he built with Peter Parker in that film. What Sam Raimi did to, to curate that story Again, is amazing, but I think in a in a really weird way, we have the mistakes of Batman and Robin to thank for a lot of the great superhero cinema that we have now. So I am I am in a way, in a way, I'm pleased to talk about <laughs> this film. All the things that sprung from it. All the things that sprung from it. I don't think we would have the superhero superhero genre today if we didn't have that misstep to get everybody to recalibrate and go, what's the story here? What's, what is it that we want to accomplish by putting $500 million or $200 million or whatever astronomical sum of money to make another even greater astronomical sum of money back into this film? That's the thing that we have to thank this piece of shit film for, and that's why I wanted to bring it Guys, I want to tell you, I had a great time talking about this. TC, I know that you're on a tight schedule because you're a busy man. I, you know, I do still have I, a couple minutes, though. So yeah, there was okay. one more thing I wanted to throw in. Okay. We, yes, we, throw it in. We, we talked superheroes, yes. and, and that, that's fine. Yeah. There was one other movie that I watched, Okay. and I grew up with this. Again, I, I learned how to read through comics and the comic strips that came through the newspaper. Uh-huh. And eventually, my mom got me a book with the comic strips combined, and it was Garfield. Oh, Garfield, right. the movie. Oh. I don't know why I necessarily needed the title, the movie, okay? <laughs> but that's fine, because there have been other Garfield movies. But I, I, I did. That, that's one of those that's just stuck in my craw. As much as the superhero genre, and we were all stuck, but the comic, the actual yeah. comic itself, it yeah. came from comics. It's a comic book and all that. Yeah. Garfield, the movie, sucks. Sucked more than anything that I've seen in such a long time. I personally am a Bill Murray guy. I, I was going to say. I look a little like him. I a little bit. act a little like him. My wife married me because that's, you know, who she liked. So when he starts singing, the, the, oh. the Garfield character starts to sing the song. Yeah. I, at that point, walked away to, to go take a shit. So <laughs> if there is any issues that, that 
I just wanted to get that last shot in. I, I could see the thought balloon Thank of you. you in the movie theater. You know, I think I need to take a yeah, shit. Yeah, that was it. That was when I was like, okay, that's cool. My money is being well spent here in the bathroom. Right. So that, to me, was one of the worst movies. Not, oh not, a, not a hero, I understand, but still no, comic but, related or comic yeah. strip you know, based well, and stuff. It's so. kind of how I felt watching The Shadow, where The Shadow only enjoyed comics much later in yes. his lifespan as, as, a, as an intellectual property. He came from books. He came from magazine yes. short stories. The radio stuff. The radio. the radio stuff. The radio. I mean, that's original. And you can make the argument that Dick Tracy, the Warren Beatty joint from the early 90s, was just a cash grab oh. in on, on the Batman genre. Oh. Right? Yeah. yeah. That, that is the beginning of my like experience with, I believe it was Taco Bell. Yeah. And they were just whoring out that product oh and my everything. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> I do. I remember that. That's probably my first true experience where, yeah. like, you collected the cups and different weird, yep. like, that sucks. And I'll tell you, since you threw in one extra, I'm going to throw in one quick extra also. Get them, Jim. And this one hurts me because I, I've talked about how I have this comic book uncle named Frank, and I love Frank Miller. Oh, God, I know where oh, this is going. I love uh, Frank Miller. I don't necessarily like all of the stuff that he's putting out right now, but I respect it. So it's you, working. You know, this is the guy who gave me Daredevil Born Again with the 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 miracle of comics and of sequential art, David Mazzucchelli. This is the guy who gave us the Dark Knight Returns. This is the guy who gave us the underrated Ronin miniseries from DC, which is a work of absolute genius. Good stuff. And he was invited to help by Robert Rodriguez to help Helm actually co-direct. This is what caused Robert Rodriguez to leave the Directors Guild of America so that he could co-direct Sin City, the first one, with Frank Miller. Now, this wasn't Frank Miller's first brush with fame. He also wrote the script for this wonderful little film called Robocop 2, which is an absolute fucking torture fest of a movie. Yes. It is a terrible film. Yes. Frank Miller should not have been involved in that. He should have kept doing comics just like James Robinson should have kept doing comics and not written in League of Jesus, Extraordinary yeah. Gentlemen. Okay, there's some things that comic book guys can't make the leap to because sequential stories and cinema are not the same as much as they might look the same on storyboards. However... Pacing's completely different. Being able to write for a 14-year-old and a grown person is obviously different, too. It's, it's a lot different. And, 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 and in the Sid City books, I believed he was writing for grown-ups, but my issue with him was soon after Will Eisner died... Um, Will Eisner negotiated with the the studio. I could tell. And he was a devotee, a slavish devotee of Will Eisner. He he worshipped at the feet of Eisner. I think we all do as comic book fans. We don't have comic books today without the contributions of Uncle Will. The problem is Frank decided, and he made this very public statement. I forget which, which Hollywood trade it was. But he said... I will not let anybody else direct a film adaptation of the spirit other than me, because only I get Will Eisner's vision. That's a quote, as best as I can remember some 15 years later. I remember being excited for that. I was extremely excited, because it had that sort of Sin City look to it. It was all being shot on digital screen, which was all the rave back then. And then I saw the film. Look, in the Eisner comics, you never saw Dr. Octopus. Never saw Dr. Octopus. Was the first thing we see in this movie? We see Samuel L. Jackson as Dr. Octopus, okay? And look, Sam Jackson, he's my Jedi master, okay? I love that guy. He's fucking Mace Windu. He's Mace Windu. He is 
you know, fucking the guy from Pulp Fiction, is, whose name I'm blanking on right now. He's Nick Fury. He's Nick Fury, okay? This guy is, he is a gift to cinema fans, okay? I saw his, his dramatic acting turn in this film called The Red Violin many years ago, which is a work of genius where he played a master violinist who was curious about the history of this ancient 500-year-old Stradivarius or whatever the fuck. I don't know anything about other than they're really old and ha all have histories. And the whole film was the, the, the history of who this, this red violin passed from person to person from like the 16th century on. Oh, that's great. L long story short, is the spirit was Sin City without any heart. The spirit was Sin City without any brains. It was Sin City with a brain, a functioning brain stem on life support in a critical care unit, okay? It, with Samuel L. Jackson. With Samuel L. Jackson. And Scarlett Johansson. And ScarJo, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, and was that Army Hammer? That played no. It, who was the guy that played the spirit? I, I feel can't remember because his career was ruined after that. That poor, that poor bastard. Talk about a wrong turn at Albuquerque. I mean, this guy had the world at his fucking feet, and it was just ripped away from him by a bad script and by really bad direction. I'm sorry. I love Frank. Again, the contributions of Frank no. Miller cannot be yeah. undersold. But that dude needs to stay away from lensing movies. No, you you yeah. know what? That I feel like when you talked about like they're two different beasts yes. as far as filmmaking and comics, no other movie uh, portrays that better than The Spirit. Yeah. Because I felt like this was Frank Miller doing a comic on a film. Except in all, like all the worst ways. It was very two dimensional yeah. in how it was shot back and forth, left to right. It wasn't shot with any sense of depth. I thought, especially when he's running the rooftops of, of the uh, city. Yeah, yeah. Um, there it, were narration captions that yes. in comics would have worked, and the dialogue yes. would have worked. But in the film, it just sounded stupid. A Frank Miller written and drawn spirit series with. You know, a spirit wearing wearing black chucks and uh, you know a tattered black trench coat and all that. A modern take on the spirit, I would have been totally down with. This version of the spirit was not what we deserved. In fact, I even liked Fox's pilot for a spirit TV series starring <laughs> Sam J. Jones so much better oh. than I liked that film. Oh. Jesus, and that film and that pilot was terrible. But at least it was the spirit. Yeah, you this. Know. I'm sorry. I, I I I just I had to get that one last blast no, in right you know, there. Personally, I I have a quote for you that I'll I'll use here in a second. But if if you are on your deathbed as an actor, director, producer, anybody has anything to do with this crazy world of entertainment, mm -hmm. and your last regrets are any film that you've ever done. You've obviously screwed the world. <laughs> you deserve everything you're getting. Yeah. I hope you're suffering miserably and, and you know, die. Just yeah, die. Yeah, just die. So, because, you know, it's, it's in Zombieland where they, they, you know, shoot Bill Murray and they ask him, you know, do you have any regrets? And what's he say? Garfield, maybe. <laughs> oh man, Adam, do you have any last blast, or did you? You, you get know it what? In? The shadow was the thing that that permeates my mind. And okay, Lamont Cranston has hypnotized me into being so <laughs> fucking angry. Yeah, I, I even think if the new Shadow film or Build TV series, yeah, I think you're gonna like it better just based on your previous experience. I, I don't, and of course, I've already doomed that 
that production to, to utter failure. Well, so. <laughs> I mean, if that's how you look at everything, hopefully your first sexual experiences weren't good because yeah, yeah, everything yeah. from then on is going to be great. Yes. Okay, so <laughs> Always if they were higher. good, you're going downhill, bud. That's right. Well, look, I, I know I, I'm sorry for pre- trying to prematurely end it before, but again, TC. It's okay. I do that all the time. No, hey, you thanks do so this, much. He puts his finger up at, at the end of almost every, not that, that one. Was the, that was <laughs> that finger. I only saw that finger each time. But it was an absolute gas having you here in the high-tech graphic content studio. Uh, let's take, a, if you have another minute, tell us what you're up to right now. What kind of work are you doing and where can the kids find you out there in the wilds of the internet and in real space? Again, thank you for having me on. I appreciate it, boys. This was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, today I'm actually in a Western play up at uh, Renegade Winery. Um, we're doing a run up there, I guess. Uh, Is that in Lodi? Renegade Winery? No. That's in like Jackson, California, Murphy, something like that. Yeah. Some off-the-wall place where, you know... All I know as an actor, as an actor, is if people are drinking and I'm doing anything comedic like, uh, it usually goes a lot better. So I, I love working at wineries. So having done Shakespeare at a winery before, yes. it goes over better, way better, right? They, they forget about the language right? and they just enjoy. Thou the Thou shalt get drunken. That's right. Thou so. shalt get drunk and enjoy much ado about nothing. So love it. <laughs> no, and then uh, you know, hopefully uh, next week, I think we're supposed to be shooting a film up in Sacramento. So uh, I'm going to try to get uh, you know a little bit of action going on there. Okay. Normally, you can catch me Sunday and Mondays at the Comedy Spot again in Sacramento. Okay. And I'm on Twitter at the Captain TC. Instagram, Adam at the Captain TC. <laughs> never, never responds back. Damn. That's not true. Oh, Adam. Was, Wait, that's shit, right. That was you, huh? He was passed out. That's okay. <laughs> oh my god, that was you. That's the worst thing you could possibly just say to somebody. Oh, that was you. They weren't. <laughs> they weren't drunk. Text. Okay. Yeah. Wow, dude, Adam. <laughs> You need your medication, son. No, that's the problem is I had too much. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I really, again, I appreciate you boys having me on. Uh, It's been a blast. Uh, Anytime. And we hope to have you back here soon, Yeah, you got to come back. Love to come back and uh, give you guys a hard time. Maybe we'll talk about stuff we actually like. Yes. How about that? You know, positive reflections. There you go. And Adam, I know we go to it every time, but where can the kids find you online? Adam S. Messinger, everywhere you go. Gmail, Twitter, Twitter. Facebook. Facebook, all of it. Instagram. If it's social media, for the most part, I'm there. Snapchat. Yeah, I got that too. God damn it. Adam. I don't use it. Okay. To, to be fair, I don't use it. He says he doesn't use it. Yeah. I, I'm not but sure if I believe yeah. him. If anybody <laughs> does want to hit me up with stuff, um, send him all the pics you want. Yeah. Oh, sure. Send God. me things. Aruga. You know what? I'm gonna get <laughs> after this. I'm gonna get all like Rob Liefeld, Captain America tits. Oh God! <laughs> you like to torture me online. You know that he was sending me texts of Rob Liefeld stuff that he's. You've been reading the collected I, Young Blood. I, I, I read the remastered edition. <laughs> which, you know what? You need a plastic surgeon to remaster Young Blood because that shit is deformed. <laughs> he it's tried to bring terrible. in Liefeld. Tried to bring in Joe Casey. To do that with the dialogue? Really? No. Didn't work, huh? Not even close. Oh, wow. Well, with that being said... (laughs) So, Jim, uh, speaking of... (laughs) Let's moving back on to good things. (laughs) Where can they find you on the internet? So, I don't have as unified a social media presence as Adam, so please listen carefully. I am at Jimmers with three M's, Adam. Every time you put Jimmers on Twitter, you use five M's. No, what happens is they're not linked. So, in the... Because I... 
basically link your Instagram and then I put it. Oh, I'm like, go I to see. Twitter. And because I they're see. not linked, it's just like reads the word. Then I'm going to stop correcting you on that. Thank no, you. He's, a, he's actually friends with the other gym guy. Yeah. He just doesn't want to tell this, you that. This poor other bastard on Twitter is going, who the fuck is this hairy bastard? Adam, Adam bugging him all the time, <laughs> sending him naked photos. Don't worry. He's not the only one wondering that. Probably. He's in a Sasquatch now that you've seen photos of Adam yeah, naked. So. Yeah. So if you, if you want to catch what I have to say on comics and a lot of politics, that's where I've learned to work on politics is on Twitter. So that's at Jimmers with three M's. I occasionally post pictures of my gaming sessions and my cat on Instagram at Jimmers with five M's. I'm at Jim Mason on Facebook. And then let me pimp the socials for the show. Our official page is found facebook.com slash graphic podcast. We are at graphic podcast on Twitter. We are at graphic content dot podcast on Instagram and if you are a creator and would like to come and pimp your product on the show, we want to be there for you. Please send us PDFs of your work. JPEGs are a bear to download. So please send us a PDF. We would love to. And if you don't want to come on the show and you just want us to talk about it, we'll still talk about your stuff. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The real dot graphic content at gmail.com. So, Adam, as we're taking selfies with TC here, uh, what do we like to say to the kids online? Go read a comic. And after you read that comic, listen to graphic, graphic content. <laughs> there we go.